0: I'm sitting there listening to this story that supposedly involves me, and I don't recognize any of it. What do I do? Do I call them on the carpet and say, Hey, I was there. You said I was there. This is not what happened. Have you ever had a a time when you were hanging out with family and friends, and someone gets to telling a, a yarn, and you're listening to it, and you definitely don't remember it that way? Well, I've been there and I got some pretty good insights on some wisdom that I want to share with you today. So please stick around. This is Michelle Spiva and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. And I want to get into the theory of decay and some other stuff that I want to talk about. So I want you to keep listening and I will see you on the flip. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's all I could say as I'm continuing to listen to yet another embellishment, uh, I guess for our entertainment value, of a of a yet another story that I'm having to endure of uh of person that I know telling about the, the good old days and what used to happen and all of this. And all I could say was, mm-hmm, yeah. So this is nothing new. Um, I have been really interested in going back and uh, looking at all of the stories that we tell ourselves. And I thought about today I wanted to talk about how to um, hack memory and all of that kind of stuff. And I uh, fell into the rabbit hole of research. Um, I'm a research head. I love it. And it got me. The reason why I was thinking about it is because uh, getting an opportunity to, to share time with people who I've known most of my life or a good part of my life. We have memory. We have story. We have uh, culture and society between us and all of this. And I keep noticing that recollections of similar uh, experiences differ. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't calling anybody out by saying that's not what happened or I don't remember it like that or I didn't do that. And and it got me, like I said, it got me going down this path. Now I watched a YouTube video and I have spent way too much time trying to find it and I can't, but I'm going to tell you a little bit uh, about the premise behind it. Um, that uh, it, it, it was taken from this... Um, uh, theory that I'm going to talk about a little bit today. And I'm really excited about this. I, I don't know if you geek out about, you know, this kind of stuff. But for me, I am like when they say in the Bible that, you know, um, that which you name, you have dominion over or in the short uh, hand, uh, everyday uh urban vernacular, you know, naming and claim it, I get really excited when I'm able to put a title or a name on something to be that encapsulates what it means. And so when I found this theory, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's what's going on. And it's called decay theory. And what it is, and I, I'm, I'm surprised I, I don't, I didn't know about it until recently as I was going back over a uh, story and how the retelling of it in people's memories, how it, how it morphs and changes and all of this. Um, but anyway, it's there and it's called Decay Theory. And what it is, is it, this theory says that, or it, it, it proposes that our memories fade um, with the passage of time, and, but... This is the thing. It says that as we learn something or as we experience something, there is this uh, neurochemical uh, that they call a memory trace that's created, you know, a way for us to lasso it back to the front of our minds when we want to recall it. Uh, but they do say over time, um, that very trace, that memory trace, it does start to disintegrate. Now, I don't know why, but for the last, you know what? I do know why. And y'all, I'm about to go on a rabbit trail. So just bear with me. Banksy. Banksy's, uh, had a, uh, he's a, a famous, world famous artist, graffiti artist. And he had a, um, a print or a painting that he did uh, that uh, was sold and it uh, self-destructed well it stopped before it could self-destruct completely but it's self-destructed and I was so intrigued by uh, by it because I was like is this performance art and I was like now you have a totally new piece of art because half of it was shredded and the other half was intact and um, supposedly he released a statement about the lust for uh, destruction as as well as creation and you know I'm all about duality and uh, I, I did a podcast if if you haven't checked that one out it's called the other side of the coin and it's um it's a teaching that my grandmother used to give us about dealing with uh, the ups and downs, the the opposite ends, uh, all of those things that are right and left, uh, up and down, uh, and how you need to embrace uh, both sides of it and everything in between. And so, I, like I said, I've been on that. I've been really getting into understanding the thermodynamic law of entropy. You know, so why do things become disordered and then disintegrate and I talked about uh, the other day, I talked about happy accidents and finding this decay theory was a happy accident because I had already seen um, the YouTube video a while back that I'm going to refer to in a little bit um, about uh, memory uh, and time span and manifestation because I think that's really important too. But let me get back on my my path here. So I'm looking at trying to, I was looking at trying to figure out why recollections were so different and who was right. And I, I realized that no one is really right or wrong because just as I didn't remember that situation, there could have been a situation we were in that I remembered differently from them. And so going back to this decay theory, the cool thing about this is that they say that you can strengthen this memory uh, trace by actively rehearsing the, the information over and over, you know, reliving it. And I realized that a lot of uh, the stories that are told in my family and in my, in my my village of friends, it seems like the further away we are from them, we tend to tell those stories more often. And I wondered, is that uh, our embedded subconscious way of actively rehearsing that information so that we can keep the uh, integrity of it for as long as possible? Um, now, this this the K theory. It does kind of tap into the entropy um, theory. Entropy, I think, is the second law of thermodynamics, and what it does is it, it, it states that nothing uh, is is um, Uh, Nothing escapes change. Nothing escapes uh, moving from um, the cycle of order to disorder, to destruction, to disintegration. Um, Everything eventually turns to ashes, if you will. Um, Usually because of um, energy, heat, and all of these. They even have um, those weird uh, mathematical calculations to show it but it's the reason why you can never go home and it'll be, you know, it's never the same. There's always going to be a reason why you have to continue to mow your lawn and all of that. Um, there was a um, a series that came out some years back and it, it was titled something like life after us. And it envisioned uh, like a post-apocalyptic um, rendering of what the earth would look like if, after or if uh, human life ceased. And it did it by days, then weeks, then years. And it showed how the earth would uh, grow back all of its vegetation, <laughs> repair itself. And um, if, if memory serves me correct they said a nice nasty thing saying that basically we're the freaking leeches and 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 we're the the rot and uh degradation of <laughs> the earth without us the earth flourishes and it was just it was just really funny but it was dealing with um entropy as well uh when you preserve a um anything and you try to go through uh keeping uh, stuff airtight hermetically sealed and all that kind of stuff it's kind of like trying to fight against this entropy so why not have the decay theory with regards to memory and so i was trying to hack memory and figure out well what makes us remember things in certain ways now this is um something else that uh, they, they brought up. And it's an opinion, and this theory is an opinion. It has not been proven conclusively, so I do want to say that. But they said it's believed that neurons begin to die off as we age. And this is the cool part about it. They said that the decay mostly um, affects short-term me- uh, memory systems as we age, meaning that our older long-term memories are often more resistant to the sh- uh, to the shocks and um, the physical attacks that might happen to the brain. And I really believe it is because we actively rehearse this information by retelling these stories over and over again. Now, the thing is, is the decay theory did not, conclusively help me understand how the stories were remembered differently so intrepid as I uh, attempt to be I skipped over to something that I, I tried to use my my um synthesis ability to take what kind of looked like two discordant ideas and find some new um wisdom in them And there is this guy, I absolutely love him. You can find him on YouTube. And he actually has a uh, school in Austin. And he's called the Wizard of Ads. And his name is Roy H. Williams. And he has some brilliant work online. He doesn't have a lot of videos, but the ones he has that you're able to access, they are phenomenal. And you can also go to his website. I don't have the link for it right now, but he does have a website, Uh, but it's Roy H. Williams, and he is called or dubbed the Wizard of Ass. And he talks about um, a process or a concept that he's come up with called the 12 languages of the mind. And I was like, you know how you're you're digging for stuff. So I was like, oh, I got to find this because I keep all these notes and stuff. And when I finally relocated it it was kind of like a ah, okay putting the 12 languages of the mind with decay theory it started to help me to be able to hack a little bit of the mind and I and the reason why I am talking about this is because as a person who makes her living by telling a writing story uh, and creating worlds I tend to use this so I'm just going to give you a little wink wink um, these 12 symbols of the mind or, or mental language really help me to hack people's uh, belief systems to get them in a suspension of disbelief while they're in uh, my world. And I'm going to just go over the 12 real quick and um, then focus on the, the concepts that really honed in on possibly why the memories were totally different uh, from one person to another of all of us being at the same place and remembering stuff differently. So uh, Mr. Williams has these 12 uh, symbols or, or languages, I shouldn't say symbols, but the 12 languages that the mind uses. And I like them because not only do they help us to do stuff to help people understand, but they also help to explain um dream language it, you know when you dream and things okay so for instance um uh, the 12 are shapes numbers phonemes and phonemes are um uh, sounds that are represented by a letter like shh is sh, that kind that's a phoneme phoneme uh, color proximity music Radiance, that means that uh, effervescent feeling that you feel from someone who is sending energy out or that vampiric suck that you're feeling from someone who might be depressed or emotionally needy. Uh number eight would be motion, whether it's fast or slow. Uh, then of course you've got symbols. And um symbols is really large. It these are the messages that have those secondary and tertiary meanings that you can embed in stuff or either overtly um call attention to them. Of course, you've got taste, uh, feel and smell. And the thing that I wanted to say about this, and I'm not trying to take away from Mr. William Shine. I want you guys to check it out if, you, if you're if you so inclined. I might try to grab um, the link and post it in my show notes. Uh, I don't know if I can do that or not, but we'll see. Um, but this is the part I wanted to talk about. Because we have these 12 mental languages, they, uh, they can be uh, divided into two main functions. And that's to me, theory and practicality or the physical and the perceptual. Um, Now, I know I've talked about this before because this is a big tenant of mine, uh, that the way we approach things mentally is through perception. That's how we think about stuff and perspective. That's how we orient to stuff. And I have found that these 12 uh, mental languages cover all of that stuff, perceptual and perspective. But for the sake of how Mr. Roy H. Williams teaches it, he talks, he just lumps all of the perspective and perception into the perceptual. And so what he says is, is of course, uh, physical reality uh, of these 12 languages works. And it's what we, really kind of like first talk about. It deals with that physical, tangible, objective, and concrete uh, understanding or aspect of something. So proximity, for instance, how far are you away? How soon will you get here? You know, it can be quantified. What color is the, um, the, the sky? How does uh, this paper feel? What does that apple taste like? What does the burning wood? Uh, what do the burning woods smell like? Um, how do um, you grab this ball? All of this stuff is the physical. It's very objective. You get a similar, hopefully, similar opinions on it. Now, here is the part that I started to get my aha as to why I'm sitting here listening to these stories back down memory lane and i'm shaking my head like that is not what happened i didn't do that i mean i actually (laughs) argued with um a family member because they had transposed our uh positions and thank goodness i had another family member that had to tell them no you're remembering what she did you were on the other side and the person was like um you know almost hand of God on the Bible. No, no, no. But it took like more than one person to get them to update their memory because they had switched roles. And I was like, this is, this is so crazy. So this is the part that is this just mind-blowingly um, beautiful about how the mind works, how memory works, how decay theory may come to explain this and how, Uh, Roy H. Williams, the Wizard of Ads, uh, helps me to get my mind around it. And this is what he says about the perceptual reality. He says that perceptual reality of these 12 mental languages deals with our opinions, our mood, our concepts, or even our philosophy. He says that these are our mind's shadow languages. He says that they are philosophical or opinion-based in that person's reality. Meaning, however, that person filters their world and sees their world, that's how they're going to see it. So if you have a person that tends to think linearly, angles are going to send different messages to them than curves will when you're talking about shapes as opposed to the way you see them. So... That person might see everything as a straight line to a destination where you might have seen it as a meandering through a wonderful adventure. You're thinking curves, they're thinking angles and lines. But it's the same experience. Numbers. Numbers have an energetic feel to them. Just look at the field of numerology and how uh, closely you can find Occurrences around numbers based on what the numerologists say their meanings are. Uh, One, the number one is a very individualistic number. It's a seed number, it is a number of first, it is the number that is more adventuresome than two. Uh, Two, duality. It likes to have a pair. It is usually incomplete because it has a mirrored uh, portion to it. I could just go on and on. Colors. Uh, You might say the the sky is periwinkle because of the rain coming when somebody else might say it's blue gray. Someone else might just say it's dusty blue. It's all about the perceptual reality of a person's opinion their mood, their concept, or even their philosophy and how they filter this uh, through the, the the memories that they already have stored and all this stuff. So now let me talk about um, this uh, video that I saw and I can't seem to find it. And I've spent too much time looking for it. The video um, showed the progression. Now, it's a, I think it's a take. You can kind of say that... Um, it's uh it, it's a take on the four quadrants of life the four quadrants of business and all these different four quadrants. Uh, but what it does is it it sh- it shows the uh, x and y axes so on the x-axis that's the up and down one y'all the vertical one it puts um memory and then on the y-axis it puts time. And the thing that is being tracked is um, the manifestation or the realization or the completion of something. So what it means is on this X, Y axis of memory and time, it's stating that the fresher the memory, the more conceptual something is, the further you move away from memory, provided... You are doing something, or the memory has uh, the thought of the memory has uh, gotten you to take action. The further away from the memory, the more you move into the concrete. Now, the way the person was describing it was they were talking about manifesting things, bringing things into um, the tangible world. But you can also look at this as a decay theory situation where the further away from the from the uh, incident that made the memory the more concrete someone becomes of what the memory was and they are unwilling to update what they think this memory has become I, I see like it's kind of like a calcification of what they remember because when I was listening to these these throwback stories and i'm like this did not happen i don't know what they're talking about they were like look you're not gonna tell me i was there i know and they were very concrete and um that was flashing through my mind i was like okay they have taken their the incident and because the memory happened so long ago it has manifested itself into something that they are perfectly okay with and no one can turn them around from it. And I say this because I took this class one time uh, dealing with people's creative memory and and why when you're doing investigations, criminal and otherwise, the memory of people, that's why you need to get it, get their statements, uh, hopefully before they leave the scene of the crime, because the more time you put between the, when the incident happened and the memory is created and the time you get them to recall it, it morphs and changes into something that fits into their patterns of their mental languages. So if you ask them, what color was the jacket? That color oftentimes can change. Um, What were the the numbers on the license plate? How far or, or, or close were you? How large or small was it? Was it on the left or the right? Was it up or down? That's orientation or proximity. Um, were they moving fast or slow? You see how a lot of this moves away from that physical reality of the facts to this perceptual reality of people's opinions, moods, and philosophy. And it, it starts to make sense how, okay, that is that person's truth. Now, I am not a philosophical a heavy work heavyweight by any stretch of the imagination. I don't profess to be. Uh, What I do know is that I am trying to uh, stretch and grow to learn when wisdom is showing me that uh, the world is different outside my head. And so I was sitting there listening and I refrained from, you know, now the one that was just totally wrong and everybody knew it was wrong. We did, you know, stop one person, you know, like you're switching who did what, but, (laughs) um, on the others, I sat back. I was like, I'm not going to say that that's not what happened because my memory is no better or no, or, or, or any worse than their memory. And I started looking at what is really going on? What kind of shared uh, stories are we having? And so that came, that that got me to thinking, hmm, how do you hack memory? How do you make it where your memories uh, retain their integrity? And I hate to say it, it's almost like yeah, the only thing you can, not only thing, but if, if we're looking at this decay theory, you have to like, memorialize it. And I really am now starting to see, and I I told you this whole story and this whole thing to get to this wisdom smack. When I was looking at this decay theory and I was looking at the 12 uh, mental languages that um, Mr. Uh, Roy H. Williams talks about, it started occurring to me that there is a reason why we record histories and why we take down people's memoirs. And it is is to do this very thing, to preserve their memories in the way that they remember them so that they become part of their memorial that we can learn from. I always wondered why was it that when I would talk to older people when I was young, all of their stories had so much wisdom in them, so much insight. And it was because they were looking back across the seas and the many moons of their life with an insight and a perspective or perception, I should say, uh, that was blessed with a lot of uh, experience a lot of learning a lot of hurt emotions and, and 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 whatnot and so that's why their memories were so robust and full as opposed to me trying to tell my mom what happened down the street when we were at such and such's house and mine is just commentary blah, blah, blah. uh, blow by blow. I said that too fast (laughs) where I'm like, and she did this and then I did this and then she did this. And I remember, I mean, I'm I'm going off on a bunny trail here, but my mom used to laugh at us and I I didn't realize how funny it was until I became an adult. And she was like, and then what happened, baby? And he was like, and I said this and then what did she say? And she said this, and you know, it's kind of like, I'm really just giving blow by blow, no insights, no commentary, (laughs) Just all of the mundane and superfluous stuff that didn't really need to to be said. But my mom would encourage us to, you know, use our words and tell her what happened and and all of this kind of stuff. And um, I can see now how the quality of something that happens close to um, your memory of it varies very differently than when it does moving away from it. So now wisdom smack number one was memorialize, write down the stuff that happens to you. I'm going to start really doing it. And I think subconsciously that is part of what this podcast is about is to share the stories and to hopefully get you interested in, in, um, not only sharing your stories and taking walks down memory lane, but looking for new ways to build new memories that will add to your repertoire. But the second part of this wisdom smack say, we're getting a two for one today. The second part of of this wisdom smat that I got was that the reason why our memories uh, are not as um, integrity filled as they might have been had we did it yesterday is because we do need that time to process. We need that time to produce the greatest amount of experience, learning and wisdom to help us as possible. Going back to that grid that I said I saw on that mysterious uh, YouTube video that I can't find anymore, uh, on that y-axis, if we're only dealing with short-term, and remember I told you in decay theory, they say that the older you get, it's the short-term memory that messes up. The long-term is usually okay. And on that x-axis where that memory is, the closer to it, the less formed the manifestation of what you're trying to do is. Um, Going back to uh, when I was younger, my, my parents would always say, stop trying to live so fast, slow down, enjoy your youth, enjoy this or that. And I would be like, why? And now, and I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm not saying I'm young. But now I can see the wisdom in that because you kind of do need some time between when the incident happens and the memory is made to when you can actually learn from it. I mean, the, the, the physical world even shows us the benefit of that. Take, for instance, uh, when you harvest grapes to make wine, if you put those grapes in the bottle today and then tomorrow morning you say, let's have some wine, you're not going to have wine. Let's just face it. You're going to have some pretty bad grape juice. Same thing with cheeses and things. They get better with time. And so what I wanted to say was hacking memory is more so not about trying to make it more efficient, not about trying to make it uh, more um, in line with what might have happened, but it's about Getting in there and understanding the complexities of the filters that we use, the mental languages that we're imposing on it from a perceptual basis, and getting the wisdom from that. Turning that information into knowledge and then making the leap to wisdom. So that's what I wanted to say. This has been Michelle Spiva. And hey, if you like this, please like, share, and comment. And don't forget to support the podcast by using our link when you use Amazon at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And it will take you directly to Amazon. And if you purchase anything within a certain amount of time, we may receive commission from that, a little small one. It won't add any cost to what you're going to pay there, but we really enjoy it and appreciate you thinking about us. So guess what? Our time is up. I'm going to see you tomorrow. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, Please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping...